Welcome back to the Cody Fitness Podcast. Hot diggity dog, are we glad to be back with you listening to us? Because we like being listened to. Right, Caleb? <laughs> it's an honor. Yes. It really Caleb's well, back. Per woo. request. I think we got a per request. request. Yeah, we Gary. Represent. Um, Lee Gary wanted some more. Nobody more listens to me at home, so <laughs> hopefully I get at least two or three on this podcast. Mom, will you please listen to my podcast this time? <laughs> Ask Sarah. She keeps saying no. <laughs> All right, we are back. Uh, we're excited. We got uh, actually like one big topic to talk about, but we're thinking that it's going to take a little bit of time, mainly because there's so much to unpack. Uh, Hunter, what is it? We're going to take a deep dive into the deep end of programming today. Uh, we're going to talk about class programming. We're going to talk about extra programming, uh, why we do what we do, you know, things that we've maybe we talked about, things we've done in the past that uh, we thought could be improved on, and things that um, a lot of, and try to answer a lot of questions that we get uh, from different people and talk about different things we see because I think part of your uh, training journey is, you know, you see see cool programs online and you want to you want to do them, or you see what other people are doing, you want to do them, and you want to jump around and do do certain things. So we're going to kind of talk about common, you know, flaws we see or mistakes people make. I, I think as they get into it, and what we've seen works the best as far as uh, making progress the fastest, helping you reach your goals the best, and um, helping you stay injury free. Fantastic. I love it. Sounds good? Yeah. Yes. That sounds like a great topic. All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll start off just kind of talking about our class program, um, talk about uh, how it's structured, uh, what the goals are, and all that type of stuff. We've already had a podcast before talking about the three tracks that we have in our program, the fitness, performance, and competition track. Uh, the fitness track is geared towards people who want to live a fit and healthy life. Uh, they're not interested in competing. Uh, they don't play a lot of sports. Uh, so there's no need for them to uh, be doing a whole lot of high-skill gymnastics, lifting super heavy weight, all that type of stuff. They just want to be consistent and work out for a long period of time. Uh, performance is the, the track that's geared for people who are using CrossFit to get better uh, at a sport outside the gym. So maybe they play baseball, uh, maybe they run 10Ks on the weekend, uh, or maybe they just want to perform better in the gym. Uh, they, then they're gonna, there's a little bit more benefit for them to learn some higher skill movements for lifting a little bit heavier. Um, but the last track is the competition track, and that's for people who want to compete in the sport of fitness, and that's the people who are going to be doing the high skill movements, um, you know, really trying to, to get better at the only lifts, all that type of stuff, uh, stuff that you need to, to be good at to, to, to perform well in, in CrossFit uh, competitions. And so every, every class session, everybody that comes in, they can kind of pick and choose which one they want to do depending on their goals. and. Our, our coaches will do a good job of, of kind of steering them towards that, and that's worked out very well. We started that this year, and it's been it's been great. It's been it's it's been one of the best things we've done as far as our programming. Uh, in my opinion, we've seen uh, injuries go down, you know, a lot. Uh, nicks and bruises and things have kind of gone down a lot, and we've also seen uh, people making some really really good progress, and people also seem to really enjoy it. Uh, so it's been it's been great. But what we want to kind of talk about today is. What are we looking at? Why do we pick certain workouts? Uh, why do we do lifting before certain days? Why do we do gymnastics before certain days? Why do we do partner workouts? You know, all that type of stuff. A lot of the questions of why do we do what we do? You guys, you guys have anything you want to add before we uh, before we kind of plunge in? 
No, I think I think the biggest question I get from our clients and you know Chris and I and uh, you know our coaches that are coaching every day and getting to see our clients, um, you know we get questions about it. But like what you said, most people's comments are really really positive about it. They love the program. People that are new especially come in and it's not what they expected, and it kind of takes a little bit of the intimidation factor down because they know they have um, they're they're not. I guess they're not intimidated by the the program. They know that there's something that we're thinking about them, not just thinking about the people who have been doing CrossFit for five or ten years. So, yeah, the uh, the, the change was in, it was initially very well received. I thought in our uh, in our home gym at Coyote, and uh, you know, it was um, it was really it was really remarkable to see the uh, to see just the shift in um, the shift in the mood day to day in the gym and uh, and also just the uh, the increase uh, the increase in everybody's fitness levels like even some uh, some of the people that we had that were doing two two and a half hours a day of uh, programming when they were willing to kind of trust the process back it down to an hour and a half if they were wanting to compete those guys. Uh, you didn't see any stagnation in their fitness level. If anything, you saw just a hard acceleration. And uh, the last uh, last six months has just been incredible to see some of the gains that some of our people have made. So you can kind of track uh, all the workouts that we do on, on SugarWide and, and people can log their scores. And I've been blown away by the amount of really, really fast times on some of these workouts that are put up almost on a daily basis. Uh, people are exceeding my expectations for the workouts a lot of times and um, I've just been blown away by seeing how many fit people we have at our gyms and how much progress they're making you know as as far as we've kind of focused our t shifted our focus towards intensity and less and more away from volume and I guess we kind of get that in a minute but I'm just going to basically kind of walk out how the how the programming structure works for us um, every every block is five weeks long and basically it's a split of what I call A, day, a days and B days. Um, your A days are gonna be the days where you're doing a lot of work. So maybe you do uh, some lifting before the class, maybe you do some gymnastics before the class. Um, you know, maybe you do uh, some- uh, and, and, by, and by class, you mean before the, before yeah, the Metcon? Yeah, they're right? in the yeah. class. They're in, like, yeah, in the class, we're doing a warm up. we're doing mobility stretching as always. But then before we do the actual Metcon, We'll do maybe we've been doing like some five by five back squats or something like that. So these are the more higher volume days. We're getting a lot of work done in these days. And then we do a Metcon. Um, and then, you know, obviously the Metcon is, is based off of what we do in that day. So we're not going to come in and do five by five back squats and then do 150 wall balls right afterwards. You know, that, that would not be the, the wisest move for us because if we would not be able to recover from that. And so we're taking all that into account. And then our, our B days are gonna be either a partner workout or a longer aerobic workout with some accessory work mixed in and uh, maybe some, you, you know, maybe some skill stuff or whatever, but stuff that's gonna help us recover, not gonna beat us up too much, but also give us a really good uh, workout as well. And so we do kind of like the two A days and then the B day, two A days and then the B day, and that's kind of how it works. And what we've seen by that is that people's uh, rate of injury has gone down drastically because they're not be beating themselves into the wall every single day. We want some days where we're able to back off the intensity 
Uh, we go more that 80-85% uh, range. We do lower skill movements. We do stuff that's not going to beat up on the body, and it gives us a, a, a chance to kind of reset and then hit the next two A days really hard. And so we, we kind of spread that out over the five weeks. The, the whole five weeks is, is a template that we've, we've created where you have um, – you know, back squat a certain amount of days, uh, snatch a certain amount of days, um, you know, gym, different gymnastics a certain amount of days. Everything kind of has a template that you go back in and fill in. And it's all meant to uh, go together and fit together like a puzzle. Uh, so it's not like, hey, we hadn't done this in a while. Uh, let's throw this in there tomorrow. That's not how it goes at all. It's like it's planning out. We want to do uh, squats this many times in the cycle. In the five weeks, we want to do uh, pulling this many times. We want to do some high skill gymnastics this many times, and then we mix it around and make it, put it in a place where it makes sense. And then the workouts that we're choosing, based off of the skill work or the strength work or whatever are complementary to it. They're not going to take away from the work that we do uh, with the extra work. So it's all, it's all put together with the idea of what is the most work we can get done but still recover for the next day, if that makes sense. Um, so it's kind of, you know, it's a template that we've kind of been playing around with for six months and we're still fine-tuning it, but we've been really, really happy with the, the results so far. And so I think, you know, ultimately our focus has changed from a volume focus to an intensity focus. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah, I, I definitely can see that. And for a lot of people, I think it's a little bit, um, it's a little worrisome, you know? It's, uh, it's like people that need to bump up their calories and they're like, no way, that, that scares me a little bit. Um, it's the same with the, with the volume. It's like decreasing the amount of volume that we're doing is going to, um, it's going to lead people in the direction that they're wanting to go, but you think more is better. And so I think um, it's, it's part of trusting uh, the program that we're asking our members to do. And so um, when they do that, though, and what we've seen over the last six months uh, has been pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think um, I've, uh, I've used this phrase on the podcast before, and I've uh, had to uh, mention this to several, several of our athletes in the past uh, to don't confuse doing more with getting more done. And um, I think you'll have a lot of people that want to add on all this volume and do as much as they can in a single day. And a lot of times, if you really, if you take a step back and you look, I think a lot of those people are the ones that are, uh, they're in the gym on Monday and then you don't see them again until Thursday or Friday. Mm -hmm. And so they feel like, you know, I've missed a few days and I, so I've got to pack in as much as I possibly can where, you know, maybe instead let's take a, let's take a step back and see, you know, why, okay, well, why are you, why are you only getting in two to three days a week? What can we do to bump it up to four or five? And um, let's get the most out of these individual sessions instead of uh, just feeding into maybe the guilt that you have for missing several days and feel like you got to make up for it by just doing as much as I possibly can in these two and two, two and a half hours. That's right. You're, you're only getting better when you're recovering. Okay. You're not getting better in the gym. You're making yourself work in the worse in the gym when you're working out, you're getting better in your recovery time. And the more work that we do, that's just the more work that we have to recover from. And eventually, especially if you have a job, if you got other stuff going on outside the gym, you can't recover from, a whole lot of volume and if you keep packing stuff on packing stuff on eventually instead of recovering you're gonna stay breaking down and then you're actually gonna be making stuff worse by doing all that volume another problem with volume is that you're not able to hit things hard hard we know that intensity is the magic ingredient to making progress you want to be able to hit 
things with intensity as often as you can. And then if you're doing two to three hours of work every single day, let's say we're gonna do, for example, um, we're gonna go for a three rep max back squat, but the day before I did 150 wall balls. Um, that's gonna take away from that actual weight I'm gonna be able to, to put up in my three rep max, or my say I'm doing five sets of three working sets. I'm not gonna be able to put as much weight in there. I'm not gonna be able to get as much work done. That's gonna keep me from making as much progress because I, I fatigue my body to a place where I couldn't push myself as hard. Now that's a very broken down example, but that applies to everything. If I'm doing an hour and a half of accessory work before the workout, you're not gonna be able to hit the workout very hard. And you might, yeah, you might start getting better at accessory work, but you're not going to get better at CrossFit, which is what the ultimate goal is. And that's something that I learned the hard way when I started CrossFit was I was doing classes and I made a tremendous amount of progress in a year. And then I went to regionals and realized I need to get stronger. And so I just started going online and finding strength programs and I'm putting all this strength stuff together and I'm doing three hours of volume and beating myself into the ground. And yeah, I got a little bit stronger, but then I go back to regionals and I finish worse the next year because I'm not as fit, because I'm not able to hit any uh, workouts with intensity because I'm doing two hours of lifting beforehand. And that's something that I had to learn the hard way. And what we've changed uh, about our programming and our competitor programming is that instead of doing all our lifting before, we start off with the, to, with the workout first because we want to be able to hit the workout hard. That's the most important aspect of our training every day is the, the actual CrossFit of it. You know, all the other stuff is supplemental. You, you don't know what's going to be the, in the open, but I guarantee you there's going to be CrossFit workouts. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't know if there's going to be a snatch max, but I promise you there's going to be five CrossFit workouts. So we need to get better at CrossFit. And so we need to be, you know, hitting those with as much intensity as we can. And so if you think about when you're adding an extra work, think about this. This is taking away from the how, the intensity I'm gonna be able to hit my session with tomorrow. Or say your buddy has you wanting to do an hour long grinder workout on Saturday afternoon. Sounds like a great time. We're gonna lift weights a whole, we're gonna, we're gonna do 150 heavy cleans, we're gonna do 250 burpees, we're gonna run five miles, whatever. It's gonna be a blast, we're gonna burn so many calories. It's gonna take you a week to recover from that. You're not going to be able to hit anything hard on Monday. You're not going to be able to hit anything hard on Tuesday. You, you're, you know, you're going to be going moderate. Where if you would have taken a step back, maybe done something for 10 minutes and hit it hard on Saturday, and then hit something hard again on Monday, a shorter intensity, so hit something hard again on Tuesday. All of a sudden, you have three high intensity sessions, whereas opposed to one really long session where you're not even going very hard, you're training yourself to go slow because it's such a long workout. You're well below your threshold. Um, then you're not going to be able to recover from that and you're not going to be able to hit other stuff hard. And so, you know, what we want is consistency and intensity over uh, sporadically and sporadic and, and high volume, if that makes sense. So we're trying to, trying to focus on we want to get some good quality work done every single day over a long period of time as opposed to let's pour it on here today because I got the day off tomorrow. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, one thing that you said that I want to go back to because I remember for me it's very tempting to fall into <clears throat> is you see people, and I think all of us it's good to see people that we aspire to or that we respect a lot um, in the work that they've put in and you, you see the volume or you see them doing more than you and you don't realize that a lot of times the, the like exactly what you said, the people that are doing that, they are excelling at recovery and they're treating their recovery 
volume the exact same that they are their workout volume. And so you may have a lot going on at home with work and a completely different lifestyle outside of the gym that this person does. And you think, oh, to match them or to, to look like them or to be able to do that or even get similar to that, then I need to add something, I'm doing something wrong. Instead of being patient, trusting the process over the long term and focusing on the smaller things that you could do outside of the gym, um, you know, the stretching and the nutrition and the sleep. Uh, that's one thing that I think that we really want to push for people is, is getting the recovery down perfect and then when that is excellent, if the opportunity comes up to add something in, that's when you're going to actually benefit from it instead of just run yourself into the ground. That's a good point. If you're, if you're only hitting two workouts a week where you feel like you can hit it at a high intensity, then you do not have any business adding any more work. You need to focus on your recovery to where, uh, when you get to where you can feel like every time you come in the gym, you're able to hit it with pretty good intensity, you know, close to 100% effort, maybe not 100% every day, but at least 85, 90%, then we can talk about maybe let's start adding something to it. But if you're coming in one to two days a week where you feel good and all the other days you're feeling beat down, adding more is just gonna beat you down even more. You're already not recovering from what you're doing now. You're not gonna get any better by that. You're actually gonna get worse. Yeah, it's, um, it's, a, it's, tough, to, it's tough to fight. I mean, we're, we're, taught, we're taught as Americans that you have to, uh, you gotta stay up late and you gotta get up early and you gotta grind, grind, grind mm -hmm. every day. And you know, and that's, uh, you know, in some, in some cases, you know, you might have to do that in life sometimes, but that should not be a part of your everyday, your everyday life. And you're, uh, and um, you're just, if you're not recovering, you can't support that. I mean, there's a, there's a, you have to pay to play. Yeah. You know, to uh, to an extent, if you want, if you want to be able to do that, then the rest of your lifestyle better be, you know, right on point. You better be sleeping. You better be eating. You better have a very, very low stress, uh, low stress job. That's a uh, not requiring you to work, uh, work a lot of hours sitting at a desk and things like that. So, if um, you've got, you've really got, you really got to have your uh, have your priorities in check and take, you know, really have some concrete goals. Like you go back and listen to our um, our podcast on uh, on goal setting. You know, understanding where you are and where you want to go, and be specific about it. Not just say, "Well, I just want to get better." There's a lot of ways we can get better yeah. <laughs> without having to do two and a half hour uh, sessions. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and uh, you know, if you if you look at high performers in in any field, the vast majority of them prioritize recovery. I mean, the ones that Elon Musk sleeps three hours a day, he's going to get glamorized. But the vast majority of people are are taking care of themselves. They're getting uh, massages. They're they're doing going to saunas. They're getting enough sleep. You know they're doing recovery stuff. So they're going on long vacations because when that means when they're actually working, they're able to hit it with a lot more intensity instead of grinding themselves into the ground by sleeping four hours a night. Um, so when we're talking about actual workouts, changing subjects a little bit here, changing directions a little bit. We our goal is for us to spend as much time at our threshold in the workout as we can. So what that means is the threshold pace would be that pace where I'm feeling it, I'm hurting pretty good, but I think I can hold it for a couple more minutes. Or so-and-so's right there, I think I can keep going at this pace. And we wanna spend as much time as in, in that time frame, in that position as we can. And the reason CrossFit is so su successful is because it gets you to that point and lets you stay there for the longest. And 
our goal for our workouts is for about 75 to 80% of them to be working, for us to be working around eight to 12 minutes uh, for the vast majority of people in, in the class. That's where we've, we've seen the ideal threshold comes in. Now, when we go into longer workouts, we start adding rest intervals in there because then that's gonna allow us to keep our intensity higher. Um, if we're doing a workout where we're just crashing and burning and we're, after three minutes or we're going at 60% effort, we're not getting a whole lot out of that. We're not training ourselves to get better um, by operating at that threshold pace. And so you got to think about when we're picking, when, when we're choosing workouts, we're choosing what we're, what we're going to do, we need to look at that. I think that you, you kind of alluded to this, Caleb. Rich Froning was the king of this back in the day. He would post all these workouts of him. Uh, doing all these crazy workouts. He was working out all these videos. He was he was doing working out all day long doing all this stuff And everybody looked at it and they're like man. He does so much volume. He's doing great He was but he was operating his threshold the whole time like something that would be Put send our heart my heart rate to 180 in a minute He's sitting there at like a 140 145 because he's so fit and so strong and so skilled and so to to everybody else trying if you tried to keep up with him doing that same workout you would crash and burn and, but he is able to operate at that nice, steady 85% effort for out on, on those particular workouts for a very, very long time. And you, go, you go back and, and you look at those videos, too, where they would follow him for a day. You know what? He wasn't doing a whole lot of hero workouts. No, he wasn't. He, wasn't. he was doing shorter workouts. Yeah, he was doing shorter workouts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as soon as the intensity drops off, he's resting. He's taking a rest interval. And so that's what you want. You want to think about... Um, if you, as soon as that intensity starts going down in that 70, 75, 65% effort, you're not getting a whole lot of that. Yeah, you might be burning calories, but you're not training yourself to get actual better at CrossFit. You're not training yourself to be fitter. You're not training yourself to move faster. So then it's like, okay, well, let's throw a rest interval in. So that's why we put in intervals in there because that's going to help us be able to get more work done um, at threshold. Uh, during the day, but that's what he's he's doing constantly and if you do it right in a workout You're going at that steady pace and you should have a little bit left at the end of the workout to sprint Okay, and that's if you do if you have a little bit left in the tank at the end That means you did that workout right if you're just looking at that clock four minutes in and you're just like hands on knees I don't think I can finish you came out too hot you're not training yourself at your threshold. You went, you redline way too early and you're not gonna get a whole lot better. And so we wanna think about every workout. The, the way I'm gonna make the most progress over a long period of time is to do as many workouts as I can where I'm right below that point where I think I'm gonna blow up, but I'm still able to keep moving, keep holding it. I'm not slowing down a whole lot. And then I'm able to turn it on at the very end. If you can do that, the person who does that consistently over time is gonna make the most progress. And here's the thing with that too, you've gotta to be willing to acknowledge when you get to, as you become fitter, then the dumbbell has to change, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's not, it's not, oh man, I really feel pressure to do, you know, something way out of my, my level that I need to be at, or, oh, I need to do what that person's doing, but knowing when you individually need to maybe take it up five pounds and to do that because, you know, we've seen, we are seeing people um, make huge improvements over the course of six, eight months. Um, and a lot of times it's the people who are recognizing when, hey, you know what, I need to, in order to get myself in that little bit of, in that zone, that magic zone that you're talking about of being uncomfortable, but not at your, you know, breaking past that threshold, 
the people that are willing to take that step and go, you know, I can probably put five more pounds on the bar. If that's going to push me and keep me uncomfortable where I was six months ago with, you know, 85 pounds, now I think I can do the 95 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, that's, uh, I think that's part of the accountability and what we hope to do as coaches is to help guide you into the times when that's necessary and the times when it's not necessary. When that's going to slow you down so much that you're training outside of that pace, that just slow, uh, you know that pace that we're we're talking about doesn't doesn't necessarily benefit us, but trains us to go slow. And how we can push the limit there. And to kind of piggyback off of what both of y'all said uh, with the with the intervals, uh, if you're listening to that and you're thinking, you know, well, you know, how do I know where how do I know where my threshold is? Well, I mean, if you've been doing CrossFit for a while, you probably know you know what, when you're right about to get to that threshold, and you have probably a pretty good idea of where your 80, 85 percent is. But if you don't know, it uh, it takes time. The more uh, the more workouts you do, the more you kind of, and the more time you spend in these different movements, the more uh, you'll you'll kind of realize where that point is. But a good uh, a good rule of thumb that I always give people with uh, with interval work is um, you want to you want to try to keep either a really tight spread with all of your with all of your splits. Try to keep each of those each of those intervals within a few seconds, you know, north or south of each other, and then. Um, or another good thing to try to do is see if you can make every interval faster. Mm -hmm. See if you can get faster as you go, and see uh, and see how that works out for you. And then, Caleb, you're talking about you know when do you uh, when do you go up the extra the extra five pounds? Um, what I try to tell people to do is to make your uh, make your main goal for the day, your main intention, to focus on movement quality and intensity. What's going to give you your best yeah, uh, your best combination of both. And so, like, let's say you've been doing it for a while, and uh, you know, okay, I've done, I've done several, I've done, a, you know, a handful of workouts with 35-pound uh, dumbbell uh, dumbbell snatches, and I feel like, you know, my movement quality is pretty good, and I really want to feel like what the, you know, the, uh, um, I really want to kind of go up a little heavier, and so maybe I want to try a 40-pound dumbbell when we have a 35 prescribed. You know, that might be a situation. Okay, yeah. You know your movement quality is really good. This might ratchet up the intensity a little bit. Let's try it out and see how it goes. Well, one of the, you know one of the things I laugh too. One of the things that you see is just that's part of our human nature is to not want to get into the uncomfortable mm -hmm. yeah. there, and you forget what it's like when you first started CrossFit, how uncomfortable it was for you, and then you saw that progress, and then we're two or three years down the road, and then it's harder. It's it gets harder and harder to do that, and so um, I've seen so many people take that step. Um, you know, we posted a video on social media yesterday of Beth uh, Peeler out in uh, out in Flowood, and her and another lady in the class put 90 pounds on the bar when 95 was prescribed for the ladies, <laughs> and they could do it. Like I know that they can put, but it was just that fear of putting five pounds. And they said, you know what, let's do it. And both of them together kind of decided we can do this. Let's let's give it a shot, and just crushed it. And it was just this like eye-opening breakthrough of them. To where now that temptation to just do five pounds under what's instead of just going with five more pounds and trusting that it may be a little bit heavier, but that's going to be the step into progress. They're not throwing on 30 more pounds and just having to just get beat down. It's something that's manageable for them, but was the next step after. And, and they're the ones that are showing that improvement that they're just that people are noticing and visibly seeing. Yeah. Um, so it's really cool to watch people break through that. You know, the. You know, the, we do Murph every Memorial Day, and.
And something my brother said, this Murph, really stuck out to me. He said, uh, you know, I know I'm not getting any better today. This is just about getting getting the work done, and it's more mental training than anything. And there is a place for that every now and then to do a long grinder like that just to – you know, it's fun, first off, to do it every now and then. It's good mental training, but you're not really training yourself to be better. Right. No. You're, you're, you're actually probably making yourself worse because you're going to be sore the rest of the week. You can't really do – the day after Murph is usually one of the least attended classes of the year because everybody's <laughs> so sore. And so doing it, all that stuff looks sexy on paper. The hero wads look sexy. Man, we're going to work so hard on this. Man, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to be grinding on this for an hour. But you're not – you're you're way below your threshold when you're doing that. You're spent. Think about how much time in that hero workout you're spending at threshold. Probably zero. Zero. Minutes. Yeah. Yeah. None. Zero minutes. And you're not. So you're not <laughs> actually getting yourself any better. You show me somebody that's doing a hero workout every week, and I'll show you somebody who's not very fit. Here's a a good way to look at it, and learning this from experience and and seeing people, but. I think if you can, if the goal of doing the hero workout or that long grinding workout is more important to you than your fitness, then do it. Yeah. You know, and so something like what we celebrate with Murph um, and what we recognize, or even July Fourth workouts, things like that. Or if you have a friend and you guys want to do something, you know, in honor of someone like our Tate workout, things like that. Those things for the community or for that friendship individually, or maybe it's just for what you need that day may be more important than your fitness goals. And mm -hmm. so that's a great way to look at it if that's the case. Long term, it's, you know, long term, it's just gonna be something where you've gotta realize this isn't helping my fitness. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about another thing that, you know, we get questions a lot about is the strength bias program. Um, doing uh, lifting every day before, before the workout, which I think is probably, I think, it's getting a lot less popular now. We're going to run out of time if we don't cut this episode here and do outside the box and then maybe like pick it back up. If do you got to leave? More. No, I'm saying for him. We'll just get as far as we can and then we'll, um, we'll just, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Yeah. Okay, cool. I, I only have one more point I wanted to make on this. Episode. Okay. Well you start at the top of what you were just saying then. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll yeah. What did I, what did I say? Okay. Street uh, bias yeah. Okay. So good. One more thing I wanted to talk about was, this, was the strength bias program. Uh, we, we, we get sometimes questions about, uh, uh, we like lifting weights, why don't we lift weights every day before the class? Um, and I think this was a very popular thing maybe five years ago in CrossFit. And I think luckily it's not anymore because people realize what happens. You show me a gym that's doing lifting before class every day, I'll show you a gym that's losing members every single month because they're getting hurt. You, you just cannot, first off, you can't recover from all that lifting every single day. The vast majority of people cannot. Not even games athletes are lifting weights, you know, every single day. They might be lifting, doing technique work some days. To you, it might look like they're, they're lifting heavy, but to them, it's light technique work. You can't recover from all that. And then second off, you're always hitting your workout at a fatigue state. We talked about the threshold, how important it is to spend at that. If you're doing heavy lifting before every single workout, you're never going to hit you're not gonna spend a whole lot of time at threshold. You're not gonna make a whole lot of progress. You might get a little bit stronger for a little while, but I promise you, eventually, you're, you're gonna start getting some nicks and bruises. And we used to do a lot more lifting in our class, and we had a lot more nicks and bruises coming on. And ever since we've, we've changed it and decreased our frequency, and when we do lift, we, we focus more on, on intensity than volume, we've seen 
people actually are making more progress. They're getting stronger because their bodies aren't beaten down so much. They're able to recover. And then also uh, the injury rate has gone drastically down. Like we were talking about this the other day, we hardly ever have anybody come up to us say, I got a knee or I got a shoulder that's bothering me or whatever. And so just think about that. The, the, I think the, the big thing we want to drive home here is that you're only getting fitter from what you can recover from. And so every, what, what each person can recover from is different. What a games athlete who is full-time athlete can recover from is different from Joe who has a nine to five job, has three kids, okay, and is, is 35 years old. You're, you can't compare what a 21 year old who can sleep 10 hours a day um, is doing to what you're doing. It's completely different. You're playing a completely different game. You can only do what you can recover from and it, uh, intensity trumps volume and consistency trumps everything else. We want, if the person who spends the most, gets the most consistent work in at threshold and gets the most consistent high quality work in over a period of time is going to be the person that makes the most progress. Yeah. I think uh, if you talk to most, uh, uh, most masters uh, athletes, I remember seeing, um, uh, what was his name, uh, Ortiz, mm -hmm. um, when he was on the... Uh, Ron Ortiz. Yeah, Ron Ortiz, when he was on the, uh, the Barbell Shrug podcast, he talked about, you know, once he, that his, uh, his volume is way down and his, and his intensity went way up whenever he was, uh, whenever he was training, just because he's got, to, he's got to get the most bang for his buck because he cannot recover from those long grinding sessions. That's right. It's all about recovery. Recovery is the key. Um, and if you if you're having trouble recovering from working out for an hour a day four days a week You don't have any business adding any more to it So just think of it that way if you're deciding what you want to do if you're deciding to add uh, extra work uh, into on, to, on top of what you're already doing Think long and hard about am I actually recovering from what I'm doing or am I just kind of surviving? And if I'm just surviving you, you don't need to be adding any more because you're actually you're gonna start making yourself worse Actually, you're gonna start regressing and so uh, keep that in mind. But uh, so that's the end of, end of part one of this discussion. We'll go into part two when we talk about supplemental work and actually what you will, what you can do on top of class if you get to that point, and what we recommend on on how to determine if you're at that point, and um, what we recommend for different tr uh, groups. We'll talk about that next time. But right now we're moving on to our next segment. So, Chris, tell us what we're, we're talking about today. Well, today, we are going to talk about our top three movie villains. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. I came up with the, uh, with the next couple of uh, outside-the-box topics. Of course, they are movie-related, <laughs> as everybody be. would guess. Yes. And... Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I'm really pumped up about this and the uh, the, the direction that I kind of wanted to go is or you can really it, it kind of depends on uh, depends on your taste. Uh, me and uh, me and Chase were talking about before the uh, before the show. You know, do you go with whoever did the best job? You know, at um, at playing their role or or who did, or who uh, made you absolutely hate them the most? And uh, so, do we want to go? All three, or or go around around the room, starting. Let's, let's starting do it. I think our I think our rule is if it's three, we go one at a time yeah, around yeah, the three, okay. three, then two, then one. All right. I All think right. you should start it, Chris. Okay, so uh, my uh, my number three, I went with uh, went with Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. 
and just That's I mean, going. absolutely, you know, one, probably one of the greatest performances of uh, of all oh, time. Easily. Just somebody easily. who who made like you, uh, you really, whenever he would come on the screen, you'd almost like sit back further in his seat to get further, to get yeah. farther away from the screen. He just creeped you out so bad, and uh, got all the all the classic lines in there. And man, what just a great movie overall. Yeah, all the sounds. Yeah, awesome, awesome movie. It's a good pick. Great I character. thought about putting him on my list, but I kind of had a hunch that you would probably throw him on there, <laughs> so uh, I changed mine up. Uh, my number three is Myron Larrabee also known as who Sinbad played in Jingle All the Way. This man was picture perfect <laughs> at his role in, in stopping Arnold Schwarzenegger from doing what he needed pick. to do throughout the entire movie. His role was antagonist, not just villain, but antagonist. He was supposed to stop the protagonist and doing everything that he can he, uh, to he accomplish his been, goal, right? He might have been the only reason that that movie was any good. Was any good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was not It was not Arnold, I'll <laughs> no. tell you that much. Absolutely That's not. one of my favorite Christmas movies. Oh, yeah. Oh, every year. Yeah. Outside of That's Die Hard. Huh? Outside of Die Hard. Uh, yeah, outside of Die Hard. Yeah. Uh, inside joke there. Inside the box. Inside joke. Oh. Ooh. Well, thank uh, you. Jingle all the way, yeah. Thank Good you. Call. All right, uh, my number three uh, is going to be Darth Vader. Um, Classic. Darth Vader is just the original, like, he had the, the movie. Yeah, he had the mask on, he's got the breathing. Uh, you know, I saw Star Wars when I was a kid, and so he just had this, like, larger than life persona. But then he was also this tortured guy who, at the end, he regretted uh, what he had done and he wanted to, to help his son out. And so, uh, Darth Vader to me is just the epitome of, like, the movie villain. Uh, if you put him, if you put him up on a poster, like what does a movie villain look like? I think Darth Vader was the guy, so um, I, I I would have to put him at number three. I think that I think the music also, you know, yeah. went, uh, went yeah. a long way in making Darth Vader who he was. You know, it's the same reason, like you know, when like you'll watch a a funny movie, a funny movie, and um, like a guy will have like his uh will have the Darth Vader music for his ringtone when his wife calls <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. you know, it's a it's, it's a timeless little jingle. All right, number three for me, um, not so serious as those guys. I mean, Darth Vader, how do you compete with that? But uh, you guys remember Thank the you. movie Brink? Brink. Brink. No, Brink. Skateboard, Brink. the skateboard movie? That's I mean, the rollerblading? That's why I never saw it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, we'll scratch that one then. Uh, <laughs> going with that was my number three B, uh, Michael Myers. Michael Myers that's, from that's Halloween. It. Those are my some of my favorite movies. I will watch all the old ones kind of in order every Halloween. But uh, the thing about Michael Myers that I appreciate that I think a lot of people appreciate is that he walks. Right. Yes. Any villain that does not run after you but walks after you and stays with you, uh, that's what's the creepiest thing about him. But he walks, but somehow he's moving faster. He's than moving the faster running. than the person running. It's amazing <laughs> how he does that. That's what makes him creepy. I, is that he just he like cuts corners and walks and he's there. I used to always think that it would be just so, something great to do if they'd make if they'd make a Michael Myers movie where it shows like someone's running away from down the street. And when they're not looking at him, he's actually like kind of jogging <laughs> up there, and then when they turn around, right he's the on yeah. That's funny. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's a scary movie type joke yeah. right there. <laughs> exactly. All right, so uh, so my number two was uh, uh, the Heath Ledger Joker. Dead. 
that it might be a little too obvious and somebody might go, oh, it's go that so direction good. too but yeah man oh one of the just a great great performance and um it uh it quite it, you could argue that it quite literally killed him Yo, yeah 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 you know you don't uh, yeah i think it's documented yeah you don't uh, you don't dive uh, that deep into something without uh, without carrying around a lot of baggage afterwards yep and so yeah that that to me deserves getting him way up there at the top for sure of all time yeah, well, that was my number two. Hunter? That was my number two, too. Wow. <laughs> was We're that your number two? Page, oh, yeah. yeah. Jeez. What was yours, Caleb? Um, all right, so as I'm, uh, as I'm choosing these, um, I think uh, Joaquin Phoenix's <laughs> character in Who? Gladiator. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. He, that was one of the most angry feeling that I've ever felt. Especially when that the knife way, goes in. Yeah, the, w the way that it happens there before their battle, like it's just so um, unjust, I guess, that you just, I mean, it's just heart-wrenching. I don't think you would hate him as much if Russell Crowe hadn't died at the end. That's right, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like the way that it ended, yeah. it just, it makes you sick. Like yeah. I, I still, I see his face and it just, anyway, that was, uh, that was really uh, such a good performance and just and he just has enough weird in him to be like it's just I not fair yeah. he's the exact weird, opposite of russell crowe's character <laughs> yeah yeah who will help me carry him uh, that gets me every time every yeah, time yeah. every time let's get back all right back to you chris number one all right so uh my uh my number one i don't think anybody's gonna have this one i really like this pig uh hans landa that yeah. is my number Are you one yes. oh nice very good, yeah. Ooh. The uh, the Jew hunter from uh, from Inglorious Bastards. That's the perfect pick. Oh man, if there was anybody that was ever born to play a role, it was that guy. Yes, man, he delivered. That's when you're uh, when you're talking about uh, Hannibal Lecter, how you like you just kind of clench a little bit when he gets Hans Landa. Any the scene he's in, then you're just kind of like you're hitting that 180. Cause, oh like, yeah. You're doing a when um when he's uh when he's sitting there in the um in the coffee shop yes. with uh with that girl oh man I was like I was about to have a nervous breakdown <laughs> yeah it's a good pick yeah obviously I agree was that your number one <laughs> that was my number one all right I'm pretty sure nobody else is gonna have this mine is a, a tie for first obviously because I like to do that and then but it's played by the same character it's a tie between white. Goodman and Tony Perkis. Yeah. <laughs> I had a feeling that you were going to go that route. Yeah. I mean, I don't think uh, anybody does villain better than Ben Stiller. So and uh, Heavyweights <laughs> and Dodgeball are two of the funniest, most quotable movies uh, that I've seen. I don't even want to admit how many times I've seen each of them. Uh, but he just plays such a funny villain, and he has so many great lines in there. Um, not scary by any means, but just hilarious, overall hilarity. So. Uh, tie for just really uh ben stiller playing bad guy I, if he's if he's playing that role i'm seeing the movie yeah uh dang well you kind of ruined it because my last one's like a serious villain uh but two favorite movies uh with the patriot being mm. probably on up there with gladiator that's the only one that i just go back and forth on which one i enjoy more i think gladiator's better because it's shorter the patriot is a long i mean you, you're in it for the long haul but uh Colonel Tavington. Yeah. Um, the actor's name is Jason Isaacs, which I just had to look that up. Mm. But um, he, I think he, along the same lines as Joaquin's character, they, it just feels so unjust, you know, like what they do. Um, 
And whenever he kills Mel Gibson's son, I guess it's a uh, what's uh, it's Joker, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath yeah. Ledger. Yeah, um, that's just is that just hurts for a long time as you're watching the movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Just full circle there. Yep. Cool. Cool. Anybody got any recommends real quick? Besides you? Yeah. <laughs> Mine is the All or Nothing on Amazon on the Carolina Panthers. If you guys have seen the All or Nothing series, they're all very, very good uh, documentaries. And this one follows the Carolina Panthers from last year. And I was surprised at how much I like Cam Newton. Um, I feel like he's portrayed a certain way in the media. But when you actually get to know him, he's a lot different than the media portrays him. And um, I just like their team. I really like their coach. He's a really, really solid guy. Um, you can tell he really cares about his, his players. And their owner was a really, really good guy, too. He had just bought the team. And he really cared about the players, too. And so um, I, I just thought it was a – I was impressed by organization, impressed by the players, um, all or nothing. Impressed on by Cam Newton's wardrobe? That, yeah, that's ridiculous. I'll tell you what. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was blown away by that. Because that he, he's got that guy coming to his house the night before every single game and or like the week before, and he's picking out what he's wearing. He's trying on all this type of stuff. And he, that. Oh, he, he that takes ain't it, it bro. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, uh, yeah, uh, All or Nothing, Carolina Panthers. And if you haven't watched any of the other ones, too, Manchester City soccer team, uh, the uh, the rugby team, the New Zealand All Blacks. That one was awesome. And then they've done, I think, four or five NFL ones um, as well. They did the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and St. Louis Rams. So um, go watch those. But the, the Panthers one I really enjoyed. Cool. What a great episode. Well done, fellas. You're welcome. Man, I'm so glad Ben wasn't here today. I know. <laughs> Hopefully uh, we can uh, have him gone next week, too. <laughs> we'll see, though. All right. Bye.